We're live. Awesome. We're live tonight on the YouTubes and on the Facebook. On the Facebooks. We're slowly uh, taking over the internets. That's it. So, a bit of a test. Hopefully, everything is going to work out well. In fact, that reminds me. Let me let me turn on my independent sound recorder, as we've learnt by the absence of show three in the <laughs> show list. Welcome to Voyage of the Geek, and a big, huge welcome back to Dan Miller, who's been under the weather. Twice. It sort of took you. Mm-hmm. You fended it off. Mm-hmm. You smited the yes. beast, and then the beast was not gone. No. As first thought. I was walking along, minding my own business, thinking the uh, the flu beast had been vanquished, but no, it came back with a vengeance. Yeah. It'll do that. Full Monty. It'll uh, lull you into a false sense of security. Mm. Uh, and then uh, just when you think you're free, it'll pull you back in. That's the flu. So I'm now on permanent supply of vitamins and iron and minerals and all sorts of remedies that everybody recommends. Lots of honey. Must always have lemon. Lemons are awesome. So I the honey them. is to flavour <clears throat> the concoction of mm, mm, crap. Mm. Oh, yeah. How about yourself? Uh, been very busy. Um, still still adjusting to being back in the teaching space with more permanency. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, still adjusting to being tasked with looking after a solid sort of group of, of students and things like that. But oh, um, it's been pretty good. I've learnt... Uh, Dove in the deep end with um, Render Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, to do some rendering. You got some good results out of that, though. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It, it it was a bit of a back and forward. Mm. Win-win, loss, win-win, loss. Mm. Um, but we got there. Mm. Yeah. And we've, we've already learnt quite a bit since that point of time, too, that it's going to help us for next time as well. Mm. Mm. But, yeah, just busy, 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 busy. I've been very busy with, um, actually, I might quickly flip over so that we don't um, bog people down at the end of the show. I'm just going to throw up some of the things that I have been doing, or at least the main ones. So now, if you go to voyageofthegeek.com, did I spell it right? Uh, the, it's missing it. E. An E. Awesome. It was like a um, Roberts um, Star Citizen uh, launch. No, what do you call it? Um, <laughs> Expo. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll get this. This <laughs> is blue screen. Yeah. <laughs> so this is Voyage of the Greek, Voyage of the Geek website where you'll literally be able to just jump into the home page and click on all of the past shows and um, eventually there'll be links to other uh, other sites like the Mind Domo and um, and various things like our Facebook page. Um, so I guess the other thing is our Facebook page. Let me just let me just quickly jump in here. Now Dan, tell me about your love hate relationship with uh, with Facebook? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I've just never been super into it. I don't know. Maybe it's this sort of rebel in me that 
everybody was like, Facebook, 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 we're Facebook. And I'm like, nah, Facebook. So I never kind of really got super, super into it. <clears throat> what about any of its predecessors you didn't get into? MySpace. MySpace? No, nah, they basically the same sort of uh, same sort of thing. I did get into YouTube a lot. And that was where I was getting my social, my social connectivity hit, especially from the early days of YouTube. Yep. And we should actually maybe just touch on the latter days of YouTube, um, which is what's happening with it now. But in the early days... Um, it was a much different site from what it is now. It was much more of a community type of a site. And it's, it's slowly moving away from all of that. Anyway, tell us about what you got got set up here. So this is this is our Facebook page for the show. Mm. Um, so uh, with any luck, this is us talking live. Uh-huh, it's a few um, seconds ago. Yeah, it's actually less delayed, considerably less delayed than YouTube. Oh, right. Um, but yeah, this is the uh, this is where the central hub, I guess, where we're going to use, uh, or we'll, that we will be using to notify. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But also, I've taken to using it as a centralised location for me to put links mm-hmm. to all the stuff I come across and get, and, and that people send me, and um, you you start to build a bit of a network worldwide, mm-hmm. and people come across things and. And uh, and you get led led in on behind the scenes stuff, and um, I just want to I want to use this site to store a lot of those links, mm. Mm. and the happy side effect of that is that anyone that's joined that's joined up on or likes this site gets the notifications whenever there's a new link there, mm-hmm. um, and there's some pretty cool stuff stuff already up there, and I'm going to continue to put more and more. Up there, so that's uh, the Voyage of the Geek. If you search that on Facebook, um, definitely you'll find all that sort of stuff. We'll have links to the show notes and, and all that. We're also on Twitter, and you can get the podcast on iTunes and on Twitcher as well. So, Switcher, Switcher, Stitcher. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, and basically, if you if you go to voyageofthegeek.com, you'll have links to all of that stuff. So I'll, I'll centralise all the links there. But ultimately, once you're on Facebook, you'll have localised, handheld version of of the show, including the live broadcast that's going out as we speak. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yes, two of the biggest conglomerates on the planet are currently holding the show in the palm of their hands. Right, and so I was yeah starting to look into um, some different options, and there are lots of other options other than YouTube out there. Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned before the death of YouTube, which which wouldn't be a phrase that many people have heard. Mm. But I know exactly what you're talking about to, to a certain degree. Elaborate a little bit. I don't think um, death is probably a little bit premature, but certainly um, they seem to be burning a lot of their bridges lately. Mm. Um, so as you might know, just there, there's kind of two fiascos currently fiasking right at the moment. Yeah. There's the, the previous one and then there's the new one that they just decided to throw some petrol onto the fire yeah. with. And we're, we're talking about... Um, Terms of terms of service and um, the rules. Yeah, yeah. The rules of that that impact providers. You know, source providers of the videos. Yeah, and so it's it's basically how YouTube operates. Back in the day, like a long, long time ago, like years ago, and this is what I used to get into with with YouTube, is that it used to be much more of a community site, and you used to be able to post video responses. Do you remember that at YouTube? Uh, yes, yes. 
So somebody would do something, it'd be some sort of a vlog or whatever, and then you could post a response. That's right. And then you'd have these network chains of videos, which were essentially video conversations between people. One person says, responds, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Mm -hmm. So they've kind of walked it back and they've, they've removed all of that functionality and they've really cut it down and made those type of things a little bit more... I don't know. It's a little bit more aloof, I suppose. You sort of not as easy, I suppose, mm. is the way to say it. Um, but anyway, recently they just they just announced. Um, well, they this is something that they were already doing, but they just announced um, demonetizing videos with content that was not befitting. Adver- ad- yeah, advertiser friendly. Advertiser friendly. Yeah, advertiser friendly, and. Um, yeah, so this seems a little bit, um, you know, this rubbed people up the wrong way. Um, and you can kind of understand why they do it, I suppose. But, yeah, it pisses a lot of people off. Anyway, it took a while for people to work out that it's the tags. The tags in your video. Yep. So if you have something that is non-advertiser friendly in one of the tags, they just pull the money on it. Yep. And so what YouTube obviously says to their advertisers is, oh, don't worry, your ads won't appear on any video that has, I don't know, something nasty or horrible in it, right? You don't have to worry about that. So that's what they're obviously saying to their... Yeah. So anyway, people are all a bit surprised and a bit pissed off at this. They're trying to come up with, a, from what I can see, they're trying to come up with one rule to fit every demographic every advertising outcome like normally on television what we do is we zone off mm. um prime time late mm. night whatever morning mm. and there's a certain um, certain types of ads can run in those those times mm. you can't have junk food ads um when the kids come home from school mm-hmm. and things like that and you certainly can't have um dial-up sex phone work mm. sort of things going on earlier than say 10 o'clock or something like that so mm. it's it's zoned off what youtube are trying to do is implement the same sort of thing guidelines for advertisers to create uh, for advertisers to have safe time mm-hmm. safe space 24 7 mm. and one rule yeah they're trying yeah. to do it with one rule yep and i think that's what's going to come back to bite them mm. because you should be able to de- declare monetization but it's in this zone mm. and so if somebody's selling f f 100 pickup trucks or something like that then they're not going to care that the bit that there's a bit of swearing and profanity and stuff like that. But if you're selling, you know, Mickey Mouse dolls, then yes, of course you'll care. So I get it, mm. but it's this, mm, mm. it's that hard-handed, heavy-handed it's, thing that's going on. Yeah, and it kind of touches on free speech and stuff. Mm. The next one, uh, so they had that, and while that was still bubbling away in the background, and people were murmuring and grumbling and trying to get 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 to terms with that. They then um, launched out this this new one, which is the YouTube Heroes. Now, I think we did, you know, we did the Ghostbusters, which was the most disliked video on YouTube. Yes, not our not our video, not our video. No, the actual <laughs> the, Ghostbusters the trailer. <laughs> the trailer. <laughs> Ours is the third. Yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. But. Um, this must come close, you know, to the most disliked video on YouTube. Yeah. You know. Um, I won't, I won't uh, keep, keep, keep talking. I'll give you some background visuals. They, so so they've, they've got all this. Look at this. This guy's got a red flag in his hand. He just stopped that. 
He's got a red flag in his yeah. hand. No, I did see that. That's great. Let's go back. Just check that out. So this guy's got a red flag. And he's the only guy he's, that's... He's at the front. Yeah, and he did that in the it. Red flag, red flag. <laughs> the other two don't have a voice. No. He's got a voice because he's got a red flag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the hero with the red flag <clears> and he could put a stop to anything. So the, the basic idea is that they're farming out the, the sort of... Um, and it's not approval, it's disapproval. They're farming out disapproval to people who want to disapprove. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. what they're doing. They're, they're, they're specifically putting out a tender for whingers, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And moaners and bleaters mm-hmm. and, um, and fun stoppers. Yeah. That line starts here, we want yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me, me. Pick me. <laughs> If you, if you like combing your way through reams and reams of content to ultimately find something you can complain about, mm. we want you. Some people have been have been talking about why the hell don't they flip this on its head, right? And instead of doing a complaino fest, yeah. you do a praise thing. So instead of you being the red flag yeah, yeah. bastard, you're yes. the green flag dude. Absolutely. And you watch the video and you go, I'm a friggin' YouTube hero. Yeah. And I say that this is all right. Yep. This is good stuff. Yeah. Right? And it's a positive thing rather than a negative thing. Yeah. If you move, if you just move through, um, now, they got all of these. Um, so the, so they're farming it out so that they're, they're trying to, I don't know, get the community to police this can we stop it on here stop it on here trying to get the community to police the the website yeah another thing that people sort of bring out is that there are communities within communities and there yeah. are sub communities absolutely and, and these, there always is and there regardless always is of what the uh, what the genre is and these communities have their own rules right so if you're on one community and you use some form of horrible profanity, mm-hmm. that would be very bad. Yes. But if you're in another community, that's just that's just the the rough and tumble of how it goes in that community. Absolutely. Right. And the two aren't mutually exclusive. Mm. Like the way you talk at Nana's house mm-hmm. is not the way you talk in the locker room mm-hmm. or around the water cooler. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. So they've got these. They're trying to encourage these. Um, these people to um, to police this stuff. Now, this first one here is what you have to do is you have to pass the first threshold. Yeah. You know, you have to because they're yeah. they're using gamification. They're making this into a game. Pretty much, right? yeah. You earn points. You earn points. Jesus Christ! You earn points, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I know what we're missing. A bit of fanage. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the first the first thing that you've got here. Now, this was brought up by a guy called Cut- Computing Forever. Um, on YouTube, who I was watching his video on it, and he made an addendum to his previous video, and he came back and he said, "Hang on a minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute." Yeah, this is actually really important because most of the people, when they're reviewing this, there's a false flag, uh, not a false flagging, there's a flagging, a mass flagging thing that comes yes, up later, right? right and so yeah. everybody's hovering around that. Yeah. But he's come back to this and he says, "Hang on a minute, add captions and or subtitles to a video." Yeah. So the subtitles is, is you can sort of see that as a fairly good community service, yeah. right? Yeah. So the video's in Chinese, and you know how to speak Chinese, so you type it all out in English. Yeah. Um, but the captions is an interesting one. Yeah. Because if we go back to that advertising thing, 
Now, if you have a video, but you don't put in the tags yeah. that my video contains references to um, Nazi Germany, yep. right? And that would normally be flagged and demonetized, let's say, because yep. then what can happen is using this system, some do-gooder can come by and say, oh, hmm. this has got five too many references to Nazi, Nazi Germany in it. So they put in the caption for you. Yeah. Because if they don't do that, the bots can't pick up the content the of the content. video. The, yeah, the yeah. bots aren't smart enough to work that out. They need people to work that so out. So far. So far. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this one is potentially a little bit sinister uh, right off the get-go. So they've got a whole bunch of people adding tags and captions and stuff to the videos. So if we then move on. Um, Report inappropriate videos accurately. This has also changed as well. If you go and watch videos on the, they've changed the video. Oh, this? Yes, because if you go back one, that initially, instead of saying report inappropriate videos accurately, it said report negative content. Ah, it did too. And they got rid of that and well, replaced it with this. That with that language was very, um, it was at the heart of a lot of people's complaints because your negative, I can have a negative critique of your work. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like hearing something bad about your work, despite the fact that it was was deserved, mm. you had the ability to declare it as um, as a bad video. Yeah, yeah. So the other thing that people have pointed out as well, geez, look at the the like dislike ratio. It's just it's going off the yeah. off the charts right yeah. at the moment. Seven hundred thousand dislikes for this video, mm. and. 19,000 yeah, likes. likes. The other thing that they said is that, you know, YouTube had just swapped the video. They didn't put an addendum. They didn't notify anybody. They just secretly wow. swapped it. And they also, other people... Because we can't do that. No, we would have to yeah. um, delete the video and upload a new one. Absolutely. You can't go into the back end <laughs> no, of the code can't. and just swap yeah. out a file. <laughs> YouTube can, obviously. Wow. Level one, become a hero. So... What's the ultimate end game for the point system? It goes up to a thousand points or something. Right what do you now. get? Oh, you get it's a you. You tell me what what you get, right? You learn exercises. They teach you how to critique things. Take take part in hero video chats. All right. So what a bonus! You get to talk with other winges. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, misery loves company, um, and. Four winges is not equivalent to one winger times four. It's like seagulls. <laughs> they multiply yeah, together. The noise just becomes unbearable. So this is one of the things that you get. You get to hang out with other people who do this. Unlock super tools. Then you get your super tools. Wow. And this is the most disturbing where it's just clickety-click. If you just keep playing, yeah, click, click, click. Now... And it's also important that there are three because, you know, on YouTube, three strikes and you're out. Yeah, yeah. So that's somebody's channel gone. gone. Possibly livelihood yep. zapped. Yep. That's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Do you think there is going to be some kind of point minimum before you can do the that? Do you have to earn yeah, yeah, a certain yeah, amount of points? Yeah, you have to get up to, your, to, to, to unlock your super tools. Mm. And I don't know, you have to have had... 57 hangouts with other people and you all agree on whatever. But you can imagine how people will, will 
game the system, right? And who are those people? Like, who are the people? They're the same. Have you ever been to a... Um, They're employees a for people who don't like videos on the thing. So it's some company, yeah. unscrupulous, slightly unscrupulous company, doesn't like the products being on yeah, another company. Absolutely. So they pay one of their guys and they say, yeah. get a thousand points on this stupid hero thing. Yeah. And once you're in... Boomski. Yeah. <laughs> Decimate. Decimate. <laughs> the only thing missing is a way for video <coughs> creators to buy back in. Then, yeah, then it's yeah. then it's and the appeal. perfect uh, Machiavellian um, thing going on in the background where they come up with this thing. Mm. It's the community that deemed you mm. unworthy. Mm. But you can buy back in to but, the community. But you'll see at the end that it's these YouTube heroes that actually have access to YouTube, not the content creators. In the end go behind the scenes so you get a sneak peek of new products they're just making stuff up now contact like. youtube stuff directly i can't do that <laughs> that's right content creators can't do that <laughs> wow Access and then top hop hero top hero perks. perks test a new feature what so it's a new thumbs up button or something and then go to uh, possibly go to the hero summit so I don't know really what those benefits are that you're supposed to be getting from from doing that. Hanging out with people, conferences. No Hero Summit. YouTube Hero Summit? Have I spelt Summit with too many M's? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's ever, ever been a YouTube Hero Summit. Yeah, I'm not getting anything. I thought you, you were referring to a video. No, no, that's what they say in the video, oh, is that okay. you will be able to go to... Oh, okay, I'm looking for a video called Yeah, YouTube yeah, Hero yeah, Summit. no, no, you'll be able to go to the vi to the Hero Summit, because you're a hero at that stage. Well, there are some... Uh, apply for the Heroes... Apply <laughs> for the Heroes to go to the Summit. Are they going to be flying you out from across the world? No, there's a little cake flying. and everything, and <laughs> yeah. balloons. You get a... Get a red balloon. This guy's cracking onto this chick over here. <laughs> She'll whinge and complain, though. That's um, wow, wow. Who's who's holding the reins over there? Who's holding the reins? Who's holding the reins over these people who are holding the reins? Now they know they, they they've got a problem. That they know that the intake of videos is such uh, is such a number that they can never hope to get across. They can't hire enough people to do it. They could mm. never do it. Mm. Even though they could probably, they're one of the few companies on the planet that could afford it. Mm. Like they could they could have a 200,000 strong workforce just for this problem. Well, I... But yeah, rather than spend money... That's true, right? Rather than spend money, they're doing it this way. But I do hear on the grapevine that it's not the most profitable thing for Google, which might be part of the reason why they're going hardcore on all of this nonsense. Mm. Really, YouTube's not profitable. Uh, this is what I hear on the grapevine. This is what I hear. So this is just a, that's just a rumor. Mm. So well, there's um, there's some big changes afoot. Again, the other thing to remember is why didn't they go the positive route rather than than the negative? Yeah, where you can approve. You can still be a YouTube hero and yeah. go to summits and parties and whatever. Yep. But you approve a video as a okay as mm. clean. You know, you know, I think the one potential reason why you, you can't do that is if you want to thin the herd of all the mange, if you want to get rid of all of the the dead mm -hmm. skin, right? Mm -hmm. You have to get, if you've got an option of 
plus, thumb up or thumb down, mm-hmm. thumb up is I approve. Thumb down is I disapprove. Mm. I wish it was just a two-option race. It's not. Mm. It's always a three, right? On the fence. Mm-hmm. I don't disapprove and I don't approve, mm. right? It's not my kind of thing. Mm. I don't like it, mm. but I can't see how it would be a problem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm in the middle. Yeah. I'm not yeah. going to cast a vote at all. True. Right? So that's the problem. If you go positive, people at that end have to navigate from the top through the also-rans, the ones that are non-committal, mm. right? The videos that don't do one or the other, mm. to get to the negative ones mm. if you start at the positive end. Mm. Make sense? Mm-hmm. We may never get there mm. because of the sheer volume of the middle ones. Maybe. Um, Maybe. Another option is to give the hero's powers mm. almost exactly as described here yeah. to YouTube content creators. Ah. So they assign their own moderators. Yeah. So they say, okay, you're the you random person or one of my mates, yep. you know, or random person. You've been watching my videos since forever. You know, we have lots of conversations. I trust you. Yep. You're now... A moderator mm. and you know if there's anybody being a jerk in the comment section you can hide their comment or yeah. whatever you need to do the thing here to notice i think is this is all pretty mm. right and it's youtube rhetoric pretty mm. okay mm. what what are we talking about we're talking about here is a police force this is the uniforms they're going to wear mm. this is their pay packet Right, mm. it's in the form of events and points <laughs> and balloons and cracking onto that chick. <laughs> but ultimately, the one thing that's not mentioned mm. is the policy that those people will follow when term when determining one thing or another. Mm. So when we send police out into the world, they have the law. What's the law? Because so far, as far as I'm aware, it's only a couple of pages long. As you know, the community guidelines mm-hmm. and things like that. There's not much to it. They love being vague. Mm. So you're going to give the police vague law and a big stick. Mm. Yeah? And then you're just going to let them go. But you're not telling us what the law is. Mm. And I'm the one that they're going to be hitting with the stick later on. So can you please just tell me what you will and will not let me put in a video? And I'll change it today. Or I'll go somewhere else. It does smack of that secret police type of mentality, you know. And the, the secret police are us. And, and no, no, no. Well, the content creators will they know who the secret police are? Probably not. No, they probably won't. No, no. And it's the secret police that be able to call YouTube, That's not right. the content creators, direct and get people on the phone and be privy to all sorts of internal forums and direct connection email addresses and things like that. I don't know, man. If this were, weren't virtual, mm. if it was real life. What are we talking here? We're, mm. we're talking creating a uh, your own police force. Mm. There's some serious stuff that has to be considered for people that have monetized a business mm. around YouTube, and then they change. Is is this a new model to us? Is this like where you back you back a, a platform, you build a business around it, and then that platform uh, completely within their rights to just change the like? Imagine Facebook. They turned around and said. We're we're leaving it all behind. We're going to become a chess club, and you can only yeah. you can only publish one post every Sunday. Mm. Mm. 
and all the bi- imagine all the businesses. Oh yeah, yeah. The money that's been spent. I don't know. There must be some laws about you know you can't do that type of thing. You can't just um, well when you're especially not paying for it. Well, especially you when you become rights. sort of integrated into the community and you become a fixture, it's like I don't know, Coles or Woolworths supermarkets to suddenly decide they're going to stop selling food. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it seems a bit weird. Okay, we're back live. We had a catastrophic failure there. Thank you, uh, thank you, Facebook. Thank you, my crappy PC, <clears throat> which we'll definitely have to find a solution for. Now, so, if I was a, I was a suspiciously minded person. Yeah, I would say that perhaps YouTube was their their robots were listening. I think it's safe to uh, safe to say that that's exactly what happened. <laughs> they've got some pretty. Speaking of bots, mm. they've got some pretty full on algorithms going over there because. We have played, we played a bit of drone footage from a Korean um, event mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, was in some car park somewhere. And by the end of the show, it was copyright claimed. Mm. Someone had put a copyright claim on it. So it, it's almost real time that they're listening to uh, the contents or seeing the contents, I'm not sure. All right, you want me to say something controversial? Yes. I'm kind of a bit over this copyright stuff. Yeah. You know, back in the day, you know, there was no... It was the Wild West. No rules. And you rip off anything. All right? And that's obviously not correct. But now it seems to be flipping back to to the other extreme, you know, where... There's no room for manoeuvre, and anything yeah. is is copyrighted. One of the things that was nice about that wild, wild west type time period yeah. was that you could... It was the information age, right? Mm. The Stone Age, the Iron Age. It was the information age. And if you wanted to see something, you could find it pretty yeah. easily, and you could get a hold of it. So, yeah, it seems a little bit sad that what we t- seem to be also moving away from is the information age. It's now the mm. the reason why you can't do it age. Yeah. The restriction age. There's, uh, it's, <coughs> we've spoken about, there's no way in the world you would have so many people with something to say about uh, something if not for these social platforms that have been formed around somebody Mm. saying nothing Mm. and then you get more interesting versions of nothing Mm. and less interesting versions of nothing and it's about trying to outshine each other's nothing Mm. and the only way you can sort of take the next leap is if you link to somebody else's something Mm. because most people have got nothing going on Mm. yeah Mm. they can't link to their own something they're not banging out souffles every night and, and you know, losing 100 kilos a week or whatever. They've got the, most people don't have a story. So in order to compete in this noise, they've got to say something. Mm. And then it's just the valuable nothing versus the non-valuable nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just noise. But, yeah, you're right. And too many lawyers as well. Yes. When you bring lawyers. too many lawyers into society, it's not good. It is a little bit lamentable. I was looking up stuff on the uh, the internet just today for things I was thinking about talking about, and I was just noticing, yeah, how kind of restricted it has suddenly become. Yeah. And um, it's nanny state. 
Yeah, the nanny stage. You can, um, and you can make all of those very valid and very true and very correct arguments about ownership of IP yeah. and copyright and all of that sort of stuff. But I think you can also make an argument of, you know, you don't have to be a stingy bastard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know yeah. exactly what you mean. It's, 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 it's. We're still at the birth. Mm. Aren't we? Of the te technological boom. Well, look, with computer games, computer games learned a lesson. That's why there is free to play. Yeah. Because if you go too stingy, people just copy it and steal it anyway, and you don't get your. And you get nothing. And you get nothing. So I don't know. Maybe music sites and other, I don't know, film sites and movie sites, they have to have this. Mm. Have to start thinking about a free to, to use model yeah. that involves, I don't know. Something that allows people to have access to fight off the pirates, yeah, to outbid the pirates, but then there's also room for people to go up to premium or whatever and get some extra perks or some extra benefits. It's, um, it's they're still trying to reactively, like the music industry, I guess, the film industry is still trying to reactively um, come up with a plan to mm. compete or to be competitive mm. and to be successful but they're so slow at reacting mm. you know it's all reactive but they, it, they need to be out in front of it mm. and they're not mm. and yeah I don't know um, Netflix seems to um, seems to be probably the direction we'll end up going mm. where and the ones that'll lose out of that is cinemas mm. so, and sooner or later cinemas are actually going to have to charge what the experience is worth Mm. You know what I mean? Because mm. at the moment they don't. The experience is not worth what they pay. Well, what can you, they charge. Can you remember going to a drive-in yeah, movie? Yeah. I saw somewhere, it could have been in Vegas, um, somebody built a drive-in inside. Oh, right. With, with wrecks that were all done up and oh, resprayed cool. oh, and cool. everything. That's a good idea. And so you have, like, I think it was probably 50 or 50 seats maybe that's too many maybe about 25 26 or something like that mm -hmm. but yeah quite a big space so it's a cinema but mm -hmm. yeah it's the and you can get out and walk over to the and get your uh candy yeah yeah get back in your car yeah yeah that was such a ritual wasn't it yeah. you know you'd go out there then there'd be the yeah the intermission everybody wander around there'd be a playground or something you go yeah, and man. hang out there and then you'd it's awesome, and you also got two movies. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. and uh, the investment of two movies was made it a really special sort yeah. of night. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as you get older, your experience changed. As you got to more car age and stuff like that, uh, it was about your mates, and then you met you know somebody or whatever. It was all the way through. Mm. Um, I think there's one drive-in left, and I think it's in Brisbane, in Australia. In Australia, I think so. Mm. Yeah. yeah, they've died. Yeah, yeah. All right. So that was kind of, I suppose, the uh, the interlude. Oh, the thing that I was actually bringing that round to was possibly for us getting into other uh, yeah. video hosting sites because, and this is the way that it goes, right? This is the reason why there's there's no more, I don't know, drive-ins. Is that people have movies in their own home and they can do all of that stuff. So there are other video sites out there. Mm. Mm. And, um, you know, these might be the up-and-coming things that um, suddenly take the world by storm. And the old dinosaur YouTube 
currently over here pissing off its you know its user base yeah gets left behind yeah so that would be an interesting turn of events and it's it's sort of pissing off the audience as well as the creators you know mm. it's sort of trying to take the moral high ground mm. uh, on behalf of every everybody all concerned the other thing is that um and this is something else with a this is a big topic you can talk about okay. it's is casual youtubers versus not casual youtubers well professional youtubers right so and there's a lot more casual youtubers and they're the ones that watch the cat videos yes right the the 15 million viewer yeah. cat videos yeah but then there's a hardcore well not a hardcore but a, a more refined audience that are much more into little tiny communities and yeah. conversations about things they use it for a major source of um information like it's yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it's th those little communities that i think are more under threat because nobody's going to be flagging the cat videos no right yeah so if you know you can imagine <clears throat> this situation continues yeah. you end up with cat tube yeah you know and it's just got puppies and fluffy kittens and it's all perfectly safe do you think and i've i wondered this when when my um tutorial site disappeared off the planet mm -hmm. um do you think that there is a a vision for youtube that exists somewhere somewhere in, even if it's in one person's mind at, at the top of youtube that that have a preference for what YouTube videos are supposed to be. Are they take the mobile camera out, you know, the mobile phone, take a f some shots of the barbecue or the um, down at the water at the lake or whatever at the party, and then you upload those straight to YouTube? Mm -hmm. No editing, no professional polish, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. This is amateur, mm -hmm. total amateur. And then the other end of the scale is the professionals like the young turks um they put a lot of time and effort and investment into mm. broadcasting on youtube mm. um and everything in between mm. is do you think there's some kind of thing that youtube is supposed to be in the eyes of its creator in the eyes of its its board and they're guiding it that way i think that's probably definitely the case but I would also say that they're the probably the ones that don't know where it should be going. Yeah, you know, I think it's you're right. the content creators and the. That's why the controversy keeps happening. And that's why there's like seven hundred thousand thumbs down. Yeah, is because they don't know. Yeah, they, they they can probably drive it and they can probably push it this way or that way. Yeah, if you put a product video about something you're about to launch mm. and you have 700,000 dislikes of what you've just put up there mm. and only 20,000 people are on your side, mm. would you still bring it out? <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But think about, think about this. This is about managing the approval of content. Yeah. So I half suspect that the people that are driving this from behind they see 740,000 thumbs down and they go, well, shit, yeah. we have to do this because of all of those thumbs down. That will fix the thing somehow. Yeah. That, you know, I think I've said this before. They, they take the, the evidence to, you know, the evidence that, that shows what they're doing is wrong yeah. and actually interprets that as evidence for, for them being awesome and they should be doing, continue what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
flipping it on its head. Yeah, they're saying, well, look, 700,000. We see this is why we need the friggin' heroes yeah. to put a stop to all of those thumb down. We'll see if we can get rid of those 700,000 people. Yeah. A few more cat videos, and this site will be perfect. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then you've got all these videos, heroes. Is it horrible? <laughs> you know, worst day in YouTube history and <laughs> epic fail. <laughs> Become yeah, a YouTube snitch. <laughs> Which essentially you are. It's exactly true. Um, and <coughs> I've often said to you, Dan, that nobody does anything for for nothing. There is always a motivation. Mm. You, you do nothing without motivation. Mm. Sometimes that motivation is to be friendly. Mm. Sometimes that no- motivation is professional career, whatever mm. money. But nobody lifts a finger without some kind of mo- motivation. Even if it's loyalty, family loyalty, whatever. Mm. We do everything for a reason. I want somebody to tell me what the reason is why a hero <coughs> is going to do this. Excuse me. It's power. That's 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 the only thing. It's the only thing. It's the only thing is is to is to control the levers and yeah. and dictate what's going on. It's control. These people probably don't make videos, mm. you would imagine. Probably not. And for whatever reason, they don't make videos, but with a quick watch of a video and a click of a button, yeah. suddenly they're the gatekeepers of yeah. what's what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it then. And I honestly thought that as a society we were moving away from this. Mm. Um, it's a very disappointing sign mm. uh, when someone so big, based in America, mm. America, America, land of free, <laughs> um, can can do this. Mm. You know, that, and man, they can do it too. They they've got all the power in the world. They they built the house. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't even have to worry about OH&S. They don't have, when it comes to the house. Mm. There's not another agency in the world that can come in and tell them how to run their house. Mm, mm. It's pretty full on. Second biggest search engine in the world apart from Google. I use it. I use it yeah. before I use Google because I'd much rather have a video tell me how to change that yeah, washer yeah, yeah. than to read a manual. Exactly. Every time. Mm. Um, it's a more. It's a definitely a, 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 a statement of where we are as a society too. But there's loads of other... Sites and I found a couple that I was going to going to investigate. Um, What's one? Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. But there's there's loads of them out there, um, and those guys are all champing, you know, at the at YouTube's heels. And YouTube only has to stagger, <laughs> and they'll be all over it. That's what I think as well. There's there's definitely a um, there's definitely they're at the very top pinnacle, right? They're mm. they're right at the summit, but that's a long fall, yeah. right? And there's a whole bunch of them sort of moving up, knowing that, and eventually there could be. Um, um, but for me, what it comes down to is security. If if you are trying to build a business, you're trying to build a brand, mm. and you are using a platform to mm. do that. Mm. And the platform keeps changing rules, mm. then it is not secure anymore. And my, you, you, any foundation for any success has to be solid as hell, man. Mm. If it's flaky, then no matter how high you go, you are running the risk that it's going to just fall from underneath. That's what's happening with YouTube. The other thing I think is also happening with YouTube is that it um, is pretty old, and they keep patching it. So they're putting band aids on it. They're yep. putting an ex- another band aid on it. Another band aid on it. And the advantage of a new video hosting website is that they can they don't have to put any band-aids on. 
and they just build the best tech with the best business model yeah. and they go straight to it. Whereas YouTube has to kind of one band-aid at a time move themselves across to that yeah. best tech, best business model. Yeah. So it means they're a bit slower. Yep. So these guys, yeah, these new guys can just go straight there and they're already competing with um, with YouTube. Yeah. And and people <coughs> Yeah, Daily Motion. People will definitely flee on mass, provided the audience um, will eventually get there. Because people will just run parallel. Mm. They'll run parallel and then, like anybody would do, I'm going to put it on that, 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 and that. Mm. And if you decide to start changing the rules on me, I'm going to pull it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to put all my effort over and here. And I'm already, already over there. It's no... And what they what they don't realise, I guess, is if... If it is genuine, if if the alternatives are genuine and and they they have a genuine audience mm. in the high hundreds of millions, right, mm. worldwide, um, then then it's back to me as the client, right? I'm on that guy's platform, I'm on this guy's platform, and you're being a dick, mm. so I'm just going to pull my stuff. Mm. I don't know. Whoa, 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 whoa. We'll listen to you. You you'll listen to the people that give you the things that make you money. Mm. Oh, that's a great idea. And all of a sudden, it's sometimes that's what's needed. The, there has to be a viable op- uh, alternative. And at the moment, there's no viable alternative. It's mm. really not. It's mm. so mm. minuscule compared to their market share mm. that they're going. <laughs> they're never going. Yeah. <laughs> These, you know, come. <laughs> it never happened and the word cute comes up it's so cute the way they think they're going to take some of our market um, but be a dick for long enough and see what happens man there's a tipping point <laughs> it's right? happened before crit- critical mass and it's then happened suddenly before. the floodgates open everybody goes over there yeah. you know yeah. And, and it will it'll happen like that and it's all of a sudden it's like whoa the fastest decline and there's your headline mm. fastest decline in tech history mm. Um, mm. and it all started with being a dick Mm -hmm. just don't be a dick about stuff all the time and they are anyway so yes we'll have a look at some of these and see if we can get some of our shows up and test the waters Mm. see uh see what sort of numbers what sort of interest we're getting um just in general very good anything else to go along with this uh youtube info pack no, that was um, that's actually just was my little sort of mm-hmm. info uh, intro rant, which was kind of ranty sideline topic, which kind of uh, took a while to get through. It's it's a meaty mm. ch- topic to get into. Mm. Here, I got something for you. Mm-hmm. Love, uh, I love sites. Let me close this out here. I like sites that have. Lots of cool lists, yeah? <laughs> but I especially like those sites when they're written and edited by one guy over 20 years. This is, the, this, this, uh, this is the 20th anniversary, 1996 to 2016. This is filmsite.org, uh, and it's S-I-T-E, as in the website. Cool. Um, and it's Tim Dirks created the popular... Filmsite.org website, a.k.a. Greatest Films, in mid-1996, and it celebrates its 20th anniversary in 2016. It's an award-winning website for classic film buffs, students, moviegoers, and anyone else interested in in the great movies of the last century. Cool. 
Now, what I love about it, first of all, it's, it looks like it's some sort of affiliation with AMC, probably a major sponsor, I would say. Mm-hmm. When you've got a product out there that you're contributing to weekly, daily, mm. for 20 years, mm. business takes you pretty yeah. seriously. Yeah. So I think he's got either a internal affiliation or he's been picked up uh, as a sponsor. But let's have a look at some of the things that you can, you can find on the site. You've got uh, down here... No way. I don't know. We're still going. Oh. <laughs> okay. Thought it was the screensaver. Again. <laughs> I thought, I be, and now they're shitty because we're not talking about it. <laughs> uh, if we look at this list here, we've got things like uh, the James Bond films ranked mm-hmm. out of all of the 22. Should we zoom in a bit? Uh, yeah, that'd be good. Out of all of the 22 movies uh, or 23 movies or whatever it is, they've ranked them. Um, visual effects, special effects, film history by decade. There's some really, really, really cool stuff, but it's when you get up into here that you really start to notice what this site's all about. Um, this is a list of the best film kisses of all time. <laughs> okay. Uh, the most iconic film images of all time. Yeah, right. Sexiest films of all time. You've got the great Bond girls, chick flicks, <laughs> best film speeches and monologues. Yeah, right. Um, we go to scenes. We've got some of the best death scenes, the greatest disaster scenes, the entrances, the funniest scenes, scariest scenes. How cool. Yeah. Scene quizzes. We've got posters, history, uh, directors and stars. So we can have a look at the greatest film directors. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, let's let's pull one of these lists up and see if we can't have a look. Here's an, an obscure one that I liked the look of. Fantasy movie stop motion animation pioneers. Ooh. Yeah. So obviously at the top we have Ray Harryhausen, Willis O'Brien. There could be nobody else. Yeah. <laughs> and when you look at the list, there sort of is no one else. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Because <laughs> who remembers Albert E. Smith? Uh. <laughs> Along with Jay Stewart, Blackstone Smith created the earliest instances of stop motion in the Humpty Dumpty Circus. <laughs> okay. Somebody, 57 people voted for that. Um, so we've got the ability here on this list. It's a live dynamic list, so we cool. can vote up and vote down. Mm-hmm. And some of the lists are fairly recent. I think this one was only sort of released. Uh, it was somewhere back in the other link. I think it, it had the the date. Um, so yeah, we can have a look at these types of things. We've got, of course, what list library isn't complete without the best the Steven Seagal best <laughs> movies um, from uh, from best to worst. <laughs> I didn't even know he was in Machete. I didn't even know that either. (laughs) And Robert De Niro was in Machete. But obviously this brings more votes because it's a far more serious topic. Mm, Deadly serious. (laughs) So if if you're stuck, right, um, gun to head, and you had to pick a Steven Seagal movie to entertain a crowd, Mm. definitely go with the hard to kill. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, Steven Seagal is the gift that keeps on giving. You've got worst... um, where did it go? Here we go. Worst sci-fi films of the noughties. Oh. Yeah. Coming in at number one is Doom, the video game crossover. I think The Rock was in Doom. i got a feeling The Rock was in Doom. Um, Revenge of the Fallen, the second Transformers movie. See, I have a problem with the Transformers. I often can't tell them apart. Is, is it... They're mm. just full of robots and Yeah, explosions. yeah. There's just, just a, like this... <laughs> Robots in your face. <laughs> Is that the uh, one with all the robots in your face? I think um, 
I think I know where your problem is. You're probably looking at somewhere like plot to yeah to, to try to distinguish. To, yeah, yeah, nah. yeah. <laughs> you're probably better off going with color palette. Um, Eon Flux, terrible film. I the haven't core. seen Eon Flux, but I used to watch the the anime, the cartoon. Anime? Which which is supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Was I, I don't cool. think I ever saw it. It was a cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or may, it might have been a graphic novel or something before it. that. SBS love to love to play those yeah, really right. ultra violent, mm. um, mm. ultra violent um, manga. And it's really trippy. And yeah, it's it's very manga esque. Yeah, you know, the stories are a bit crazy. And I never saw the core. It was a, it was a Roland Emmerich who was the disaster god. Um, I think it was about these big vents of something coming up out of the earth and so you'd be left with this massive big hole okay come up out of the earth i never saw that one this is the one mars uh mission to mars mm. was the one that i was telling you about mm. and i'm actually going to throw it up here because i think it'll drive me nuts if i don't show you so mission to mars robot this was one of the scariest um Oh, maybe it's the wrong... Oh, hang on. Movie. Mission Mars. Yeah. It's called The Red Planet is the one I was thinking of. It wasn't Mission to Mars. I'm still not sure what Mission to Mars is. This is Amy. It's the automated autonomous... Check it out. So the fact that it can articulate in all of those directions and any shape that it wants, it can sort of... Um, you can emulate. At some point, they tested its defense mode, uh, military mode, or something like that. Okay, and it's going to end in tears. Yeah. No doubt. Then later on, something. Watch this shot. Uh oh. Yeah, and and when the guy da looks down in the um in the movie, he looks down and he sees because. The robot had a pen, uh -huh. a marker. Okay. He's got this marker up, up his stomach all <laughs> right. the way up his chest before he could, he could even see what was going on. But, yeah, this thing goes rogue at, at some point. And, um, and I remember when, when I looked at it, I thought, man, that's a nemesis. That's, you know, that's a great example of tech you don't want to go uh, haywire. Yeah, I love stories like, you know, you can just imagine in NASA when they're programming this robot, they're like, okay, well, we'll need to make it uh, make cakes, um, fetch uh, slippers, ninja death kill, um, biological. <laughs> this is a sequence in the movie where it, it sort of determines that there's a threat or something like that, or maybe it's this sequence. But yeah, it decides at some point that there's a threat and it goes sort of nuts. Here we go. And at one point he goes, he grabs this guy because he knows he can't kill him. It's against his programming. So it just picks an injury that would completely keep him from moving very much. Goes in, grabs a few ribs. Whoop, I'll just break that rib. But see, it goes bipedal, quadruped, and then it just goes nuts. It's awesome. So that's what you want running around on. Uh, and so why was this a bad movie? Well, um, did you see who was the main guy there? Val Kilmer. Yeah, he did not put in a strong performance yeah. in this particular film. But these particular films, 
I don't know. We should classify these particular films. They're like these tech demo movies. Yeah. Where strong performance and story are not really down the list. are not really what you're expecting. Yeah. yeah. We can have a floating robot um, 1970s Star Trek-esque. Mm. Or we can have a fully articulating quadruped that can turn into any shape, whatever. But it means we're going to have to skimp a little bit <laughs> yeah, on yeah. the actors. We can't hire anybody to write a story. Yeah, the script is on a <laughs> napkin. <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. So, so true. And so, that, so weird. I, I, I honestly, this, this constantly... Um, um, freaks me out the amount of energy and effort that you put into creating a film yeah um, you, you imagine all the people all the equipment all of the stuff that you're going to need all of the time all of the energy all of the organisation and then to write a good script yeah. it seems so easy it seems like you're just going to have a couple of pens yeah. a notepad and two people mm. two right people yeah you know it just seems it seems easy I think the, I think writing a script is fairly easy. I think making a film takes can poison that process. I mm. think sometimes a good script can be written, and then somebody says, "I'd really like to make that film, but that dog really needs to be a, a camel." Mm. Right? Mm. And and but then camels don't what? Okay, well we're going to have to rewrite this bit over here, and they call people in to start tampering with. The yeah, yeah, and concept. all of this backstory in Tunisia. Well, we can't yeah. go to Tunisia, so yeah. page two and three we'll just have to get rid of. Yeah, yeah. and still like if you still be good. If you take the original screenplay of Jurassic Park, mm. uh, like the original book, mm. and then you look at the screenplay, and you can see that they they had to work it into a visual medium. Mm. So emotions and mm. all those things you can't put in scripts. They have to screenplay that out as actions and words and all this sort of stuff. But when you look at it, it's, it's the same story. And then when he shot it, it was the st story. Mm -hmm. It was the same story. Mm -hmm. um, you should see the behind the scenes for Gladiator. Oh. I think there were six writers, six script writers. Mm -hmm. It started with one guy and he quit and then another guy and he quit and then... Uh, Russell Crowe started to get involved and he quit and then Ridley still had, had, you know, we've shot too much, we can't now get rid of Russell so we have to get rid of the guy with the script guy and it's it's incredible, uh, the behind the scenes for that particular film. Mm. Um, that and Blade Runner. Mm. You should see the behind the scenes for both of those films. Mm. Both critically acclaimed, one of them Academy Award winning film. Mm. Um, but the shit that goes on at that script writing process, mm. at that first initial part of the and and how someone can have it absolutely perfectly and say okay let's go grab the camera we're going to go and shoot this thing and mm. everyone who rolls out in the audience. and then day three it's like it's just not coming together so they go back to the document and they start rewriting the document mm -hmm. um it happens a lot yeah, yeah yeah they're a critical element of the film production process the old uh, script writer this is fantasy classics king kong at the top of the list Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, Beauty and the Beast, Excalibur. Great film, the original Excalibur. You know, the one with all the shiny shiny metal knights. Um, made in the 80s, I think. Yeah. No, can't remember. Definitely. It's got a I'm sure I've seen super it young Helen Mirren, I think. It's not. It. That's got Sean Connery, isn't it? No. No, but I know the one you're talking about. He, he played... Uh, I think the one with Sean Connery played King Arthur, Richard Gere was um, Sir Lancelot. 
That's ringing a bell. And took off with his missus. And that's ringing a bell. This one's classics. Jason of the oh, Argonauts. Yes. With the stop motion. Um, Harry Housen again. Yeah, I do Harry believe. Housen. Yep. Um, and it's a great. It's a great tale. Mm. You know, it's an old mytho- mythological tale. Dark, uh, Crystal. Dark Crystal, yeah, puppets galore. Never got into it myself. No, no, no. I, 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 I've only seen it probably once or twice. Um, but yeah, probably well ahead yeah, of its time. I, thought I think. It was, I thought it was pretty awesome. Yeah. Just if you compare it to the other things that were going on in fantasy at the time, it was way ahead of its time and mm. potentially a bit weird for younger kids. Yeah, definitely. Um, spooky and weird. I think it had the guys from the Muppets who were doing yeah, it. It was Henson. Yeah. Henson. Jim Henson. Henson. Yeah. Um, posited that puppets aren't just for children, oh, yeah, a groundbreaking Henson. concept yeah. just be uh, beginning to take hold in the US. Mm. Edward Scissorhands, Highlander. I love the Highlander, the original film Highlander. Yes, that great. was all you needed. You just needed one. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have to admit I've never seen any of anything beyond the first one. I loved the first one. I loved the soundtrack, Queen, the Queen soundtrack yeah, to Highlander. Yeah. Is that... What is the six in the 182? Six points. Oh, and then number of votes. And then right. number of votes. What? So it's, but it could have been a fairly early what, How do you get list. points versus votes? Um, points, votes here. But Oh, well, yes. No, I don't know what the points are. Because right. that's only got six points, but it's got... Go back down to Highlander. Well, this six one's, points, this one's got 137. It's got minus 25 points. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what the points are. We might have to find out what the points are. Anyway, Dark Crystal Edwards, uh, Thief of Baghdad. That's some old school shit right there. Um, Lost Horizon. Never got into the Lost Horizon. Hmm. Not a bad little list. So I'm just showing you some of the ones I found in the minutia that is the uh, the lists on this AMC site. Um, oh no, sorry. This is on the AMC site. Notice the little icon in the top corner. No, yeah. You can't see it on the broadcast, but there's a little icon. If I pull it down here. Just doesn't want to do that. Um, so this is this site is called filmsite.org, mm. whereas the other one that we're looking at, this one, is amc.com. Okay. Um, and some of them link across. So I've got a feeling maybe our, our greatest films guy mm. contributes articles and lists and stuff to the AMC. Mm-hmm. And that might be part of the... Uh, we're all just speculating. It's completely guesswork. Um Greatest sidekicks in fantasy. So hmm. I threw this up because that's a pretty obscure uh, list and it indicates the sorts of things that you can find on this site. Um, Sam, yeah, he's a pretty good, pretty good sidekick. Donkey. Donkey from Shrek, yeah, that's I can see it. One. Hermione from Harry Potter. Fezzig, the, the Princess Bride. That's a great film, Princess Bride. <laughs> that's a classic There's So film. many brilliant movie moments in that film I recommend it to anybody of any age yeah, yeah. The, the greatest sword fight I think there's a category on this site of the greatest sword fights the greatest duels okay in film history yeah. that one's got to be on it yeah totally, it? totally. Um, Tinkerbell Rex from Toy Story Rex isn't Toy like Story. Buzz the sidekick I don't know I don't know this must be a spin-off Rex proves a formidable video game player and an intimidating presence mm. Oh, no, sidekick. Yeah, no, I can't. I f- forgot we were on the sidekick page. I can't imagine Rex would be a sidekick in that film. Yeah, maybe Buzz is, and I don't know. Maybe yeah. they're two main characters. I always thought Buzz was the sidekick for Woody. Mm. Even though they sort of maybe don't, the, don't yeah. get on initially. Maybe they're saying there's two main characters. Maybe. Tinkerbell. 
Um, Apes, Apes Apian. Apian from Hellboy. Is that the that's the fish guy from yeah yeah Hellboy. the blue guy? Uh, Grandpa Joe, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, Mouse from Lady Cork, Pan Pantalamon from the Golden Compass. Did you get in that Golden Compass? It had it had some great promise with the talking animals, and every human has an animal animal con like a every human has an animal, and they 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 are connected somehow. Can't even remember. Um, and everyone has a different sort of animal. Um, Nicole Kidman was the nemesis in it. She was the bad guy. It had the James Bond, Daniel Craig was in it. Some little girl. Riding polar bears. Okay. Um, Golden Compass was this sort oh, of. Okay, I'm now vaguely starting yeah, to remember. They all had animals. Yeah. And and yeah, it became uh, it got pretty weird throughout the film, and I don't know why they didn't kick a goal with it. This one is the uh, fantasy great MacGuffins. MacGuffins. MacGuffin is like a plot driving device. Um. So. The, the Ark of the Covenant is the MacGuffin for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. What's the... Do you want to... Do you want to comes from? <laughs> I'll be, I'll be um, honest. I only, I only looked it up, the Savo. MacGuffin is an object or device in a film or in a book which serves merely as a trigger for the plot. Okay. Right, so it's a... The, the object of the inciting incident, you mm -hmm. know, or the... Mm -hmm. um, so, where were we? Uh, this one. Yeah, so the Ark and the Covenant drives the Raiders of the Lost Ark on. Mm -hmm. The One Ring in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Shrubbery. Shrubbery in Monty Python <laughs> and the Holy Grail. I think they were spent too much time after that shrubbery, but anyway. <laughs> um, the Holy Grail Excalibur. Okay. Um, the gold coin in Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one. Fair enough. The Horcruxes in Harry Potter. Yep. The Girl with the Green Eyes in Big Trouble in Little China. Have you? Can you remember that movie? That's a great movie. I find I it one. Love that movie. It is easily <clears throat> top five all-time greatest mainstream martial arts films, mm, mm. especially if you were to just look at American martial arts films. It's one of those those B grade. It's I don't know. Classic, man. Yeah, it's a classic. The thing I like about the about it was. Um, Ah oh, shit! Who's the um, Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell is Kurt Russell's the yeah. biggest loser yeah. through it. He's a truck driver. Yeah, yeah, and he's just everything he does is just <laughs> shit. And keep but but it doesn't keep him down. No, nah. he still thinks he's the hero. That's but everything right. he does sucks. That's right. I love that <laughs> the final finale where he, she gives him a big kiss for confidence, mm. and then he sort of jumps into the room with his guns and the bad guys over there. He's got lipstick all over his face. <laughs> yeah. It's a classic film. And that, that great line where the old boy, the the old uh, wise uh, martial arts master, um, opens a, opens an umbrella and stands, because they're about to go out in the rain, and the guy, Kurt Russell character, sort of looks at him judgingly and he says... Um, um, brave man will walk in the rain, but a wise man will carry an umbrella. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the talisman in Red Sonia. I remember Red Sonia. That's yeah. uh, Bridget Nielsen who ended up marrying Sly. Blonde, right. big, tall, blonde supermodel chick. 
Um, triangle. Now, now she that Red Sonia is from Conan the Barbarian, I or think so. vice versa. Yeah. She was either in it or. Well, I know that Arnie's or in it. Arnie was in that one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Arnie's in in that film. Um, triangle of Light, Lara Croft. That was the the sort of fountain of youth type object, I think, that mm. drove it. And the medallion in the medallion. It's mm. a Jackie Chan movie. Um, so Red Sonja. I don't think it does it say anything. Hang on, let me get rid of this. Red Sonja is not many facts. We'd have to go to IMDb. So mm. this is a good indicator that really it's not a replacement for IMDb at all. Um, but from memory, yeah, I'm pretty sure that um, that Red Sonja had Arnie in it. Yeah, there it is. Yep. Bit of classic cinema. Definitely a bit of classic. Yeah, look at look at the size of Arnie in the in the poster and then there's her. So it's pretty much an Arnie movie mm. that she was the main character but not the main actress. Yeah. The it was all Arnie. But yeah, definitely and it was sort of in the same universe as Conan, wasn't it? Yeah, I think I think the stories cross over, or one is a derivative of the other. Is he called like Conan that. in the film? I'm pretty sure he is. No, Calador. Ah, oh, well, there you go. So I think it's sort of a set in the same period, genre, all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, there's a couple yeah, right. So no, it's, he's Calador. My name's in it. I totally would have. Um, I would have said. I it. mean, yeah. <laughs> Looks for all the world like Code of the Barbarian in the background there, but anyway. Yeah. Robert E. Howard. <clears throat> that that name rings a bell. Whoa. This guy must have been old as balls when he wrote it. <laughs> Short stories and novels in the thirties. Wow. He yeah, created pulp Conan, magazines. He created Conan the Barbarian in a series of short stories and novels in the nineteen thirties. I had no idea. I thought it was Arthur Conan Doyle who created Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> that's, that's two ends. <laughs> I thought it was. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. No. That's he does Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. But I thought he did Conan the Barbarian as well and it just chose his own middle name. Wow. I didn't know that. Is that true though? No, it's probably bullshit according to this. According to this guy because he created Conan the Barbarian. Let's look it up somewhere else. Uh... Well, Conan Doyle, it couldn't have been... There definitely couldn't have been any connection. When did Conan Doyle? It was like mid-1800s, um, wasn't it? Why wouldn't? Why couldn't he come up with a big well, sword-swinging Conan the Barbarian? I, I just thought it was a big leap. I'm thinking that this guy doing it in the 1930s was an early... Can you pull up a Wikipedia and look up Conan the Barbarian? I, do you know who wrote the, uh, wrote the script for the movie? Oliver mm. Stone. Ah, yeah, there's all these bizarre connections when you look into it. It's really interesting. Conan the Barbarian and... We'll just go straight to Wiki. Wiki will solve all the problems. Nineteen eighty two American fantasy film, co-written and directed by John Milius. Yeah, John Milius and... Um, uh, what's his name? Robert E. Howard. Well, there you go. Uh, Oliver Stone. Here we go. Um, re- 
recruited Schwarzenegger for the lead role and Oliver Stone to draft a script. Hmm. So, Hang on. and this uh, De Laurentiis, Dino De Laurentiis, he, he went on to, he, he's done some crazy stuff. Final screenplay, integrated scenes from Howard stories and from films such as Kawaiden and Seven Samurai. Huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. But I've never heard any, I've never heard, here, let's just put Doyle. Dottle. Doyle. And the Barbarian. Tim, posted by Tim Doyle. No. Uh, Arthur Conan Doyle. Uh, I don't think there's any affiliation with with Arthur Conan Doyle and Conan the Barbarian. Evidently not. No. But Will's... We'll see if we can f- if we can find some sort of connection there. No, just remember, just remember, that was a thing. <laughs> Simply <laughs> because he had the same name. I think is, I just somehow from some reason remembered that it was a thing. Anyway, I, st- I okay. still can't find this. Can't reconcile that this guy here came up with the idea in the 1930s that we didn't see on film until late 70s, early 80s. Well, maybe, they're still making maybe, maybe you know, graphic novels and stuff of it right up until, I don't know, 50s, 60s. Pretty long-lived character. So, there's lots of those sorts of lists. But when you come over to this site, which is more about this Tim Dirks, right? This is the uh, mm. filmsite.org. These are the greatest visual effects, visual and special effects milestones in film. Awesome. Chronological from the 1880s all the way through to present day. Cool. So pick one. 1980 plus. Well, it's a big decade. So you've got 80 to 82. Ooh, okay, 80 to 82. All right. I'm not sure much has happened there in the CG world, but definitely you've got some pretty cool special effects going on. Werewolf in London. American Werewolf in London. Ooh. That was pretty crazy with the uh, the werewolf transformation scene, which was pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, this whole bit here with bits l- stretching growing and, and growing. Stretching. Yeah, that yeah. film freaked the crap out of me when I was younger because I had two older sisters and I got somehow taken to this film when I was younger. Mm. This was actually billed as a co- as a comedy, and when you oh, when right. you um, when you look at it in IMDb, it'll actually come up as a horror comedy or something like that. Um, because apparently there's some laughs in it. Well, I'm here to tell you, man, it scared me out of any fog situations, <laughs> any sort of night situations. You know, I was way too young. My thoughts on it were that um, he could keep. He kept seeing all of the people that he killed as ghosts. Yeah, they kept turning up next to his hospital bed. Yeah, and I didn't like that. No, no, <laughs> it just didn't. Grisly bits all hanging out and stuff. Uh, yeah, it's just like. But 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 from a story point of view i didn't like that i didn't yeah. like I, I don't know mm. For, i didn't think that werewolves did that yeah right yeah. i didn't think that was a thing if you took that part out it was pretty solid as a werewolf movie mm. wasn't it mm. except for the whole weird psychedelic side of the, mm. the film mm. like the visiting ghosts and the visions he was having of hunting deers in the forest and there was another film that this that that idea might have been based off, which was called just called Wolf. It was a werewolf film, but 
they obviously didn't have the budget to do these kind of yeah. things. So instead, they go down the freak out psychedelic yeah. inverted yeah. color rama 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 yeah. shots. That it's, it's been um, a consistent challenge. Mm. Like they'll do the silhouette thing behind mm. the curtain. You just see the shape of it, mm. and yeah, they're always sort of facing. We've we wouldn't have a problem with it now. You could you no. could do a, a transformation pretty easily now. Um, the howling, mm. yeah, so very. So there's a lot of a lot of horror stuff going on in the early '80s here. Raiders of the Lost Ark. There we go. Wow, it had some um, it had some early digital stuff. There was definitely some digital stuff going on in Raiders of the Lost Ark, but I think more in the way of um, uh, compositing and filters. Mm -hmm. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Wow. What a great film. So are you happy or not happy that they're making another Blade Runner? Um, generally not happy. Do you know anything about it? Is it a reboot or a... No. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm not sure either. I just know that he's making it here. As far These as things aware. are very touchy, you know. <laughs> we talked about the Ghostbusters fiasco. You can't make it better than the original. Yeah. It it just by definition can't be better. Yeah. In fact, I'll just contradict myself slightly there. I always thought that um, Aliens was equally as good as Alien. I thought so too. But, the only, but they were different films. But the reason was that they're different films. They didn't try and step on each other's toes. Not at all. Right? They yeah. just said, okay, we've got the things, but let's go a different direction with it. Yeah. And that's the only way that it works. And Yep. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. I think, you know... Although it does fit the John Campion um, four-part criteria for a reboot. Oh, remind me of his criteria again. Yeah, I'll bring it up. I played this when I did the show with Rick. Mm. Um, yeah, you said it then, but I... There was a... Let me just throw it up here. Just while you're doing that, yeah. um, it's got um, Blade Runner Sid Mead. Yes, his worlds. Yeah, Sid Mead is pretty important. Um um, and I don't know how to pronounce it, but Jean Garrard, the Mobius, the Mobius guy. Yeah. Um, um, be Jean. Both of those guys guys worked on Tron. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, this this guy I've heard of. I've definitely heard of this guy here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as soon as Sid Mead finished doing the um, the basically the concept art for Blade Runner, he just popped straight over to Tron. Starfighter for me is one of those movies that when it's brought up, I start doing this. Yeah. I just get so happy. I just feel happy thinking about The Last Starfighter. The premise is incredible. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's a premise that can work today. Mm -hmm. An alien race actually secretly planted a video game on Earth to see who's got the hand-eye coordination and instincts and skills to be a universal starfighter pilot. Awesome. Yeah. The characters were funny and enjoyable. And this is one of those films. I said on a show the other day, I've got four rules for doing a reboot. This is a t-shirt. At least 20 years old, a film that the majority of the current film-going audience hasn't seen, can benefit from modern technology, and is a narrative and is a story that can be translated well into a modern context. Check, 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 and check. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just love that little, little bit of video, you know, because he's right. That's yeah. exactly the way you should treat a, um, a reboot. Um, and 
as it applied to the last starfighter, he's right. It was. It, it is check, 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 and check. They should definitely. Uh, Where's we gone here? Um, visual special effects. When yeah. did the last starfighter come out? Eighty four. Okay, cool. Pretty sure eighty four. So we've got E. T. here, still in the eighty twos there. Pink Floyd, The Wall. How about oh, yeah. that? Yeah, there was some pretty cool animation. Star going Trek. On. This one here had the um, the Wrath of Khan had the Genesis effect. Yeah. With um, the again, ca- sequel rarely beat the this sequel Star Trek. This sequel Star Trek release barely beat Tron. Blah 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 blah. To take the unofficial honor of the best of the beginning of the first the unofficial honor of being the first film to use computer generated images CGI to any large extent in its genesis effect. So why do we talk of the Last Starfighter then as as being the first film that used CGI? Well, I don't know, but there's an there's an elephant in the room that's missing here. Can we keep going down further? Ah, there's the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah, it's not missing. It, I definitely love um I love the history of Tron. The the fact that Tron was so groundbreaking in technology and computer use that it was seen as a gimmick and not a film. It was mm. seen as a tech demo that could not possibly be judged with other films. So it wasn't eligible for recognition in the um, Academy Yeah, Awards. that's right. Overlooked. Yeah. Because uh, they thought that... Now, we're now getting into my territory. Yeah. Because the stuff that I've been looking into is Tron. Yeah. Right? Because you did Starfighter yeah. last time. So the stuff that I've been looking into is Tron. Um, and yeah, see the word there? Cheated. Cheated. Re- refused yeah, yeah. the nomination because the, the voters felt that the film cheated somehow. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how the fuck you can cheat <laughs> to create a really good film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Like... Um, some part of the process was so foreign to the stiff upper lip brigade. That's right. That they declared it as they a, just said, a not film. They just said to the computer, make a cool movie. Yeah. 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 Um, and I think it's the same sort of thing that happens um, a lot of, you know, I think with photography and oil paintings, you know, when photography comes on the scene, oil paintings, are like, people are like, that's not an art form, you're crazy. Yeah. You know, it sucks doing oil paintings. How can you do something so easy? The the interesting thing, though, is I think it got the Academy Award later on, yeah. 15 years later or yeah. something. Right? As it got recognition. The C, uh, it got a SciTech Award. Yeah. SciTech's like the scientific, ah, right. okay. scientific side of the Academy Awards. Um, yeah, it's anything but um, a computer movie. It's a, it's a handmade film. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, no, I totally agree. It just looks like a computer movie, but so much of it was just the way the film was treated, you know, mm. the way they, they wore um, M3 tape. Um, the same thing that they sh- wrapped around a, a pole, a lightsaber pole, mm. and had it turn around inside the lightsaber handle. Mm-hmm. That 3M tape, it's little tiny prisms on the surface of it. And what it does is it picks up little, t- small amounts of light and mm, blooms reflects and, it. Yeah. yeah, and so you get a, a an increase in light almost. Um, um, so, what I was pointing out was Sid Mead turns up here again, yeah. and 
So there's a there's a bunch and of the same guy, Jason Mobius. The Jason Mobius. There's also Oh John John Mobius. Yeah, Jason, sorry, yeah, yeah, John Gerard. Yeah. Right. Um these guys <laughs> uh, look, there's lots of stuff here. <laughs> I've been doing lots of research. There's yeah. lots of stuff here actually. Yeah. Um these guys, yeah, they all turn up. And it's the same with the sound guys. Mm. There's another sound guy who's associated with doing Tron, did the sound effects for Tron. Yeah. And where he got it from, if you just cruise up a little bit, it's from Star Trek. Oh, yeah. He's just finished doing Star Trek and everybody was blown away by his sound design on Star Trek. Yeah. That he then goes straight on to Tron. Yeah. Um, and it's the same with these guys. They're already doing... Um, um, Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. As soon as they finish Blade Runner, they they move straight onto Tron. So yeah, um, I don't know what we should do. Uh, whether we should continue or whether whether we should uh, think about wrapping it up. But no, no, we'll probably wrap wrap it up. I wanted to uh, show this, but definitely don't don't um, don't leave this Tron. I think you you say, it sounds like you've been putting something together, and I definitely want you to give it the give it the full uh, full treatment. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have been putting stuff together. Um, I'll just say down here, this is rather cool. Um, I'll, I won't steal my own thunder, but um, visual effects done by with the combined effort of Triple I, Magi Synthavision, Robert Abel Associates, and Digital Effects. Yeah. Um, that's four companies. Yeah. And those are the four computer graphics companies that were kind of in the world yeah, absolutely. at the time. Absolutely. And yeah, but pretty much all four of them worked on it. They're the, they were the four big players that were film computers. Yeah. Those two things shoved yeah. together, you got those four companies and they're, they're, they're responsible for some major milestones. Mm. And I'll show you a couple of cool things. I'll, I'll just steal one last piece of my thunder is that one of the guys... Um, who works on the the visual effects supervisor mm. for Tron? He works for all of these companies. Oh, really? Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how they all came together. Yeah, there's a really amazing story of of, of how all of these guys, um, Sid um, Mead, and all of these guys, are all in the right place at the right time, and nice. they all come together to work on this one thing, and you get this, just something people have never seen before that blows people away. And so that's... Oh, look, look, sorry. I keep stealing my own thunder. Where the wild things are. As soon as all of those guys have finished they that... They went on to this. They go on to that. Yeah. Directed by John Lasseter. Do you know who John yeah, Lasseter is? Yeah, yeah. The, the Pixar guy with the colourful Hawaiian shirts. These guys all turn up as well. Yeah. You know, we were talking before about Chris Wedge yeah. and we were, and Brad Bird turns up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. of these guys are all in the same, yeah. the same zone. They're Absolutely. all in the same zone. There's a very good documentary. Uh, it's a Disney documentary about, I think it's called something like um, The Day the Princess Died or something like that. Let's go. Diz, Disney doco, Princess. Disney Princess Dies. No, 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 no. Death of a Princess. Man, you've got to see... Um, I think that's it. No, that's not it. That's not the thing that I was looking for. Um, it's There's a documentary that follows the resurgence of Disney. The the, the bit, the awkward bit right, between right. when Walt died and when Eisner got it to be the big... Well, it's one of the largest conglomerates on the planet at the moment, right? It owns freaking everything. 
and I think they own Coke. I'm pretty <laughs> sure Disney own Coke. Well, or Coke own Disney, I one of the know. two. But um, that gap in between was troubled waters. They mm. were making terrible films. They weren't connecting with their audiences. They were trying to do too much. They, they had some really weird ideas going on in the organisation. But they had this little animation section that was still sticking with the old mm. 2D, mm. old school Donald, um, Walt mm. sort of vision. And in that team was Tim Burton, mm -hmm. John Lasseter. Mm. Um, Katzenberg came in and actually managed it. He was assigned the um, um, to bring them back from the brink sort mm. of thing. And they were spreading out into other markets, but Katzenberg was there when they did Lion King and yeah. Aladdin yeah. and all that. And they brought it back from the from the brink. And, and so you've got best best music or best song or something like that at the Academy Awards that year was the mm. Elton Elton John song from that film mm. and and the buzz came back to mm. 2D traditional animated films mm. they found their soul again and then they sort of just traded out of it um, the connection with the stuff that I'll talk about I suppose next time is um is Herbie Goes Bananas. That, that's what they were making. They were making Herbie Goes Bananas with stock footage from the previous Herbie movie. Oh, who was doing that? That's Disney. <laughs> that's what they were doing. They were just rehashing and refrying Herbie Goes More Bananas, wow. more, more Herbie Bananas. And that's, with Don Knotts. With Don Knotts. And that's one of the things that they um, they suddenly, I don't know, they suddenly had this rash of inspiration where they just gave these bizarre computer guys millions of dollars after a few tech demos and said go make tron yeah mm. yeah and they they knocked it out of the park mm. this is it it's called waking sleeping beauty okay it's a great documentary um you should definitely here's the picture here waking sleeping beauty but it's basically all about that transformative time in the disney mm. disney world where we rolled off off Walt's legacy and yeah. then into the corporate world. What are we going to do now? Yeah. Interesting. Katzenberg, you wouldn't know. You, you definitely know. Uh, this is probably totally wrong spelling, but we should get an image anyway. Uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, Disney. You definitely know this guy to look at. Yep. You've yes. Seen, yep. Jeffrey yes. Katzenberg. Well, Katzenberg was at Disney, came on um, as a, an underling under Eisner, right? Yeah. Given this thing, had a lot of success. And then I think what happened, and I could be completely off, off I, don't, I don't want to, this is not a historical document, mm -hmm. um, but I think he was of the understanding that he was supposed to create some sort of milestone achievement and then be offered a, a, a position on the on the board mm -hmm. and, and vice presidents or something like mm -hmm. that. I think when he went to collect, he was pretty much told to shut up and sit in the corner. Mm -hmm. And he, I think he made up his mind at that point that I could walk away, but it would never be enough. So he went and formed DreamWorks. Ah. SGK, S is for Spielberg, K is for Katzenberg, G, I can never remember who the hell G mm -hmm. is, I always forget. Mm. But those, they're the three guys that formed... DreamWorks, mm. and he, the rumour is that he formed it specifically to stick it up his old boss, <laughs> which they pretty much did, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh, if not for the fact that Disney went on to buy Lucas and... Mm -hmm. uh, but if they had have just stuck Disney, mm -hmm. 
stuck at being a, being Disney. No Pixar, mm. no ILM, uh, no Lucas, ILM, any of that affiliation. They were just Disney. There's no way in the world they could have ever competed with mm. DreamWorks. Mm. DreamWorks were kicking out some really cool stuff. Mm. Yeah. And some people believe, because that was up for sale recently, the same people that say that say that once he applied the boot mm-hmm. to his old boss, then he lost the will to want to create stuff through the company and he sort of pretty much sold it and got rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be a complete sort of misread by somebody in the in the in an article that I read, but it could be um, very accurate mm. that, that he just literally went off, did this thing to stick it to his old boss and then when she's done it then he gets on with some other something else in his life. <laughs> and all of those DreamWorks animations, the um, Kung Fu Panda and anything that's DreamWorks animation. Anytime you see a little character sitting on a moon mm. fishing, mm. that's him. Mm. Him and Spielberg and mm. whoever the other guy is. And the other guy might be the money guy, I don't know. But yeah, that's the story anyway. So... We've covered some ground, and we definitely, uh, there definitely may contain spurious information throughout that coverage. <laughs> uh, but I'm definitely looking forward to Tron and uh, seeing what you come up with with Tron. It's a pity that you weren't here, but I guess we would never, we would have been a three hour show mm-hmm. if we had done mm. um, Starfighter and Tron together. Mm. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to seeing Tron and what we can, what you can uh, come up with and find. Yeah, I'll I'll bring it up um, next time. Uh, Yeah, it's interesting, very interesting. So that's probably it. We'll Mm. wrap it up. We're gazing at our new clock there. We're sort of hour and a Mm half-ish, looks like. But we did have a massive catastrophic failure in the middle of it, which we still (laughs) need to work out exactly how bad or damaging that was. So hopefully there'll be a show put together out of this and whatever snippets we had of the earlier... um, the earlier recording. Mm-hmm. That's probably it for me. Any any parting words? Any calls call to action that you can think of? Um, well, some people can uh, check our facts on on some of this stuff, but mm. um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Anybody thinking about um, computer graphics, special effects, and um, Tron? Because yeah, that's what I'll bring up next time. Awesome. So that's it for us for another week. Until uh, until you see we see you again, save often. Mm-hmm.